0: So, hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. We're doing a slightly different episode today. This is part of our High Flyers segment, where we talk about the fragility of the human experience, the ups and downs, the lefts, the rights, and how how we navigate, and tips that we found helpful. By no means are we any kind of experts. We're just talking from our own personal experience, and hopefully... If that's if effective and helps one person that's listening, then, then that's amazing. Uh, so I am joined today with Tessa. Tessa, thank you for doing this. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks
0: for having me. A pleasure as always. Uh, I mean, we've kind of inadvertently done some High Flyers stuff when we was doing our Boy Meets World podcast, available on the feed, shameless plug, <laughs> even in a <our> High Flyers <laughs> <laughs> episode. Yeah. And we kind of talked a lot about uh, adolescence and growing up and a lot of the stuff that was in theme with Boy Meets World. But today we want to talk a little bit about uh, the holiday season as at the time we're recording this, it's the 13th of December. So we're coming into the Christmas festive season. And I think a lot of people statistically, it's well-known struggle at this time of year. And I guess we want to talk about why why that is from our own experiences and just to remind people to be kind to themselves and to talk to people um you know if 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 that's going to be helpful i mean what what's your experience i mean as i like i think both of us have openly expressed that we uh, have some um mental health struggles here and there ups and downs i mean do you find christmas to be a a difficult time
1: yeah i quite often say like it's time to sort of shed your regular anxiety and trade it in for your sparkling christmas anxiety um (laughs) because it doesn't go away does it um you know and it's the kind of year where you sort of you're sold jolly festivity and you can sometimes think why i can't you can't force that mood if it's not happening for you can you um I've had some shit Christmases, I like, I struggle with anxiety all the time anyway, so the extra things that come with Christmas create more pressure, so there's more reasons to be anxious, um, and when you're more stressed, like, your anxious brain goes into overdrive as well, and then I've had a depressed Christmas, where I was, like, on my own, I just watched, like, box sets by myself, like, miserable, didn't even have Christmas dinner, like, um, and then I've had Christmases like after lo after losing a loved one, and that's another layer of shit. What are your? Have you had some terrible Christmases?
0: <laughs> uh, well, firstly, I mean, that, yeah, I mean that sucks. I mean, I, I, uh, I guess I'm in a, a fortunate position that I am yet because I guess we all will at some point, but I'm yet to lose someone that's, um, you know, really close and before their time, you know, yes. I've had o- older people pass away, which obviously is also sad, but it's a bit more of like, okay, it, w- it was their time. Um, I've had people pass away around Christmas time that have been close, uh, in my, uh, in-law side of the family, which is really difficult. Um, and I've witnessed people finding Christmas incredibly hard because it's also a reminder of the people that aren't here. Mm. Uh, because it's that time of coming together, and then you know noting that the absence of people, and that's that that is really tough. Um, but I, like I said, me personally, my family is really small um, because. My parents were adopted, like both of them, so which is like a unique thing within in of itself. But because of that, like I only really have two family members, Um, so it's uh, I've been quite fortunate in so that unfortunate in some ways because it's a it's a smaller family, but fortunate in the other ways that uh, you know I have really good relationships with both of them. So Christmas has always been good for me because i you know i see them um but the the issues that i find with christmas is like what you were saying is there's this built-up expectation that you have to have a perfect day and sometimes i wake up and i don't feel in a good way and yet you have to put on this veneer smile that it's christmas um and particularly i guess if you have children as well where you're having to make it the perfect day for them because you feel this pressure that this is going to be their childhood memories. Um, and but yet we have to accept that we're human and that we don't have good days every day, and it's okay to not feel okay. So yeah,
1: it's hard. Like Christ- <laughs> yeah. Christmas as a parent is really tough because, like you say, well actually being a parent and having a shit day is tough whatever day of the year isn't it because you as, as much as you can say oh you know mum just feels a bit sad today or mum feels a bit angry today or you can't like lay in bed and do nothing like there's a human right. being that needs like feeding washing um but christmas yeah and i suppose like you say you've got some really lovely christmas memories with your family growing up like your little unit but they were wonderful um and we've all got some good christmas well most people have got some good christmas memories whether that's with friends you know and you want to you do want to recreate that for your children and i I think part of that is that like it's a societal thing like we're sold that this is what christmas looks like so you you, but you do want to do the like put the mince pie out for father christmas and put your letter in the post box and you know you want to get them a gift something that perhaps they've been hoping for and see them unwrap it and there's a carol service and there's a nativity and there's a like, oh my God, go and choose a Christmas tree. But you, I think part of the struggle is that you do want to participate in that joy sometimes. um, mm-hmm. Like it's well known, if you're like a Raven listener, um, that I really like a cheesy Hallmark Christmas movie, <laughs> uh, especially the ones on Channel 5 that don't even have a Hallmark budget, but they're very like the magic of Christmas, aren't they? And part of me thinks, I don't know why I've watched these. Why am I doing this to myself? One, for production value. And two, because it is that stereotypical. But it's okay to want to participate in the fun stuff. Like, I oh. put, go through the stress of, like, prepping a Christmas dinner and getting gifts for all my nieces and nephews, like, that sort of thing. But actually, I want to because the payoff is quite often worth it. Uh-huh. But you've got to weigh that up with, I've actually sort of heading towards a breakdown it's about the finding the balance isn't it
0: yeah exactly and also setting out what what a successful christmas looks like to you so like where you were saying earlier that you've you know had a christmas on your own watching box sets i mean part of me was thinking amazing like (laughs) that yes take
1: away the mental (laughs) torment and that's like a perfect. (laughs)
0: Isn't it? <laughs> yeah you mean you had peace and quiet and maybe snacks there might have been doritos there i think that sounds like a magical <laughs> night to me but i think it's about saying there isn't this one standard of what a crisp what a good day is or what christmas is it's whatever it means to you and whatever is going to be fulfilling to you and yes doing your best and like you said is a, lo- a lot more complicated uh, when you've got children, I mean, I uh, our son is in mine and my wife's son, not our collective son. He uh, is just turned three, so he's beginning to get it now, um, and so it's really sweet, like seeing it through his eyes. Um, and it's like all I want to do is further enhance that and just let him sort of run away with it, um, and so that 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 is really nice. Um, but yeah, I think it's just knowing knowing where your limits are i mean the, the so with uh my mental health i guess and i think there's an important distinction to make as well is that everybody has a men- like mental health has become like somewhat of a buzzword right in the last yeah. sort of 5 years and to some degree it almost lessens it a little bit to when you are struggling with something it's like i don't really want to say it because it's just feels so cliche at this point but there is a distinction between mental health and mental illness and mental health being that we all have a physical health we all have a mental health and sometimes they're up down it's just everybody has that and then there's mental illness and not everybody has a mental illness um and that doesn't therefore mean oh you know that there's people that are like victims over here with an illness and there's people that don't have it it's just maybe a bit of a roll of the dice, whether it's genetic or whatever it might be. There's all the millions of different factors, isn't there? Um, but it's like I, so I'm, I'm someone that has OCD and OCD has a whole, a whole other sort of stigmas around it where people don't really quite understand it, generally speaking. And it's kind of been turned into, um, Wait, is it an adjective? A verb? I'm not even sure. You know, when someone's like, oh, yeah, an I'm so OCD. Oh, I'm I so just...
1: OCD. I oh, look how organised my drawer is. I'm so OCD. Yeah, it's thrown about a little bit, isn't it?
0: Right. When and... it's not
1: actually OCD, you've just got a tidy drawer.
0: Yeah, you just like to have tidy kitchen drawers yeah. and good for you. You know, that's great. Um, but it, that can be really minimising to yeah. people that... Really struggle with this stuff, and I think people don't really understand that that's not even a type of OCD, like, there's subtypes that go with it. Um, like, so some of the subtypes that I uh, have been diagnosed with, which is also a very big difference, <laughs> and people are like, Oh, yeah, there's like no, you know, it's, anyway, that's a whole different thing, oh, yeah. But there's contamination OCD, which is kind of the the classic what people think where you uh, have a fear of germs and you know it's the over washing your hands and things like that and uh, it's all fear based it's uh, everything is comes down to to a fear but there's that there's um, a real event OCD where you can fixate on an event that happened in the past that was real and you get stuck in a mental loop over and over and over and over and over again uh, it's called the doubting disorder because it it just continually creates doubt and it's actually a it's literally a chemical imbalance in your brain like it's the they've done studies on people that have ocd looking at their brain and it's just what literally wired differently and so everybody has these uh feedback loops or they basically like raise an alarm if you're in like a fight or flight situation and with people with ocd they literally just don't they can't complete that loop so their brain is telling them there's something to worry about there's something wrong there's some sort of fear and your brain pays into trying to figure what that thing is like trying to figure it out and uh it's like where people say oh i'm so ocd it's actually quite rare it's like one in a hundred people um But anyway, this is a whole tangent. But my point is, is I never know how I'm going to wake up. Sometimes I'll wake up and everything's fine. Other days I'll wake up and I'm just on a theme and I'm stuck and I could be stuck there for hours. I mean, with uh, doing ERP, which is essentially is a form of CBT. So it's about learning to sit with the anxiety and learning to just accept the uncertainty that, Maybe it did, maybe it didn't happen, or whatever it might be. I've sort of hoping. I've gradually sort of learned to better deal with it, but it still is spontaneous. And uh, so sometimes you can wake up and have a good day, and sometimes you can wake up and not have a good day. And maybe you wake up and the day you're not having a good day is Christmas Day. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it could happen. And but yeah, you got to for- then you feel a pressure to force yourself to. Block those things out, but actually, I guess what I would say from my own experience is you have to communicate with the people around you and just say, Hey, you know, I'm not having a good day, maybe I need a little bit of time to process or a little bit of time to do whatever it is I need to do. Uh, or you need to just tell this stuff to yourself and just be kind to yourself and know that you're not letting anybody down, uh, especially if you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable position where you're going to stress yourself or you're going to push yourself to a limit like it's not worth it just do take some time for yourself reset and then go get get back in the game yeah is what i would say there was a lot of information there sorry
1: no that was good don't apologize that was good um yeah you're right i think and it's probably similar for any mental health condition isn't it you don't know whether you're having a good day or not. I imagine if you're in a long depressive episode, chances are you're not going to wake up Christmas Day and magically be feeling loads brighter. Um, Anxiety is a little bit like that. I can have lots of really, like, be having quite a good, like, there's no, re- there's no reason. There was no reason I needed to wake up feeling like I'm having a panic attack already. And that's just something for right. panic disorder. Like, just, you know, it's not, I can't even think of anything I dreamt of. Like, what are you doing, body? You know, I wake up in, like, the fight or flight response. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah like you say I think some I think it can help to have plans that aren't really rigid so our Christmas day like I guess partly f- it probably started quite simple for me because it was easiest for me to deal with but actually my daughter's neurodiverse um, and so she finds it easier to not have a huge dramatic Christmas day with loads going on and loads of people in the house um, so it's usually just sort of the three of us like so I guess my advice would be to don't don't squeeze in loads of plans. Don't feel like you have to say yes to stuff. Like, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have, like, the Home Alone house and there's all the cousins there and it's all kicking up? <laughs> but actually, Kevin fucking hated it. <laughs> be more Kevin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's not... It doesn't... Just because that's sort of the done thing, you know, and we watch the soaps and they're all in the pub or we watch the, like there's also magic in having a slow day on christmas day um yeah i quite often think to myself like the christmas dinner is just a roast dinner like it's not the only thing that makes it extra is a pig in a blanket and that's just a sausage you've cooked sausages before you know like yeah um but if you wake up and you're having a terrible day like fuck it i've been on toast like, but does it yeah. really matter? And actually, I don't. You know, if you've got children, how in twenty years time that'll be the hilarious story. It won't. They won't think, oh, that was the day that mum was. But it'll be the hilarious story of like, oh, I'd been some toast for Christmas dinner. Like, it was fun. You know, you're not. No, no serious damage is being done by you taking it easy on Christmas Day or saying no to going to the family party where there's relatives that you don't even like
0: um <laughs> right
1: does it matter if you don't get dressed on christmas day i don't think it does does it like
0: definitely not no definitely not as long as, as, long as you're wearing something you know <laughs> <there's> <laughs> some... <laughs> if you are having
1: company probably for the best um yeah you know cooking food oh my god goose fat no <laughs> um you know you don't gifts don't have to be like wrapped like the people on tiktok are doing them where they fold them all in some sort of origami something no tape ribbon on the top throw throw it in a gift bag done
0: i i (laughs) wrap badly on purpose like i've been doing it for years the the worse i can do it like the more i enjoy it anyway but yeah yeah, that's definitely all of that is is definitely definitely true and i mean even like my my favorite christmas memory from like childhood actually is nothing is like nothing to do with christmas like well in some ways it is like me i have an older sister me and my sister came downstairs and my parents had like set everything up you know christmas tree presents stockings like yay you know it's like amazing and looking back now i actually realize how I would, they didn't really have much money or means or anything, but they really did put an effort into making it feel special. But that, <laughs> my mum went to open the the curtains in the living room, and she, as she opened them, she's like, "Merry Christmas, everyone!" And as she opened the curtains, we revealed that the cat had been sick all <laughs> over the <laughs> what, the window sill, <laughs> and it was just like the best. <laughs> It was just like, Yes, Merry Christmas. So that's what so. We, so
1: at the time, like, your mum was probably not that happy about that. Like, if I come <laughs> right. down in the morning and there's fucking sick on the garbage Right, so but you don't remember like your mum being upset or cross about it. Like you remember how hilarious that it was the Merry Christmas. like that's one of your best memories, but actually it was exactly. like Christmas gone wrong. And it was exactly
0: fine. it was just cat sick so it's just like <laughs> the cats i don't remember a what the presents was were, not
1: do they they didn't give a shit they'll <laughs> be sick whatever day they were yeah, yeah exactly. like some of my best christmas memories are my brother and sister used to go to my dad's on boxing day this was once i'd stopped going however we won't go into that drama um and so on boxing day just me and my mum would go to my nan's so it was less people like and it was just a chilled we just eat like Cold bits of whatever out the fridge. Like, and I used to find that so, like, I've always been anxious. I used to find that so much better. The pressure was gone. Like, you've immediately, it's like you've popped the cork of Christmas Day, it's fizzled out. Like, the pressure is already gone.
0: And I Mm -hmm. could just sit
1: at my nan's. We just sit and watch the telly. Like, yeah. Great. And there's some of my best memories.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it just doing things in the way that's best gonna suit you so that's that's what I would say and I always think this right is that if I could somehow talk to myself like younger me my main advice would always be take a minute to think and actually listen to yourself like listen to don't be swayed by other people I mean this is not just about Christmas this is just in general it's like don't be (laughs) yeah Yes. Don't be swayed by other people. Just take a minute and think, you know, does this really uh align to your like inner sanctum, you know, like your inner child that's in there? Is this what they would want? I mean, that sounds quite dramatic. I mean, hey, we all do some stupid shit when we're teenagers and whatever. But I just mean in general, is this what you want? Is this the Christmas that you really is going to be good for you? But yes, we have to compromise for other people as well. It's their Christmas too. And we and it's give and take. But there's also just there's limits. Don't feel like you have to, you know, have a hallmark Christmas. I mean, they, those Christmas movies are great. I love the terrible Christmas movies too. Because they're. I love movies that are bad but are also brilliant. And what's good about those ones, I don't know about the Channel 5 ones, but is that they're actually shot well. You know, it's not like shaky camera or anything. It's just the plot's not that good and maybe some of the acting's questionable. But what's comforting about it is they, they're in like a perfect world. You know, like as in, yeah, okay, things are going to go wrong. Characters are going to learn about themselves, right? But you know where it's go- where it's going to end up. And, uh, and so there is something beautiful in that i wonder if there's like a correlation to that to people that have some form of like anxiety yeah. finding comfort in movies that like that because i know there's the uh statistic about people re-watching old shows or things that they already know with anxiety because it's comforting that they already know the outcome
1: I think it's probably the same psychology. It's the predictability of it, isn't it? Like, those Hallmark movies, they're the same movie every time. Like, the plot's the same. You know, small tech, we all know what they are. But so, but it probably is the same psychology and that it's so low stress. Nothing traumatic's going to happen. It's very unlikely that anything will trigger. There's no violence. There's no swearing. There's no, like, tension building. So you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, like... It's like a warm hug in a movie in the same way that re-watching one tree hill is the same mm-hmm. isn't it um, yeah so i do a lot of that um around christmas so i watch a lot of the channel for i mean i do all year round but um <laughs> i watch a lot of those movies or the, the classic eastenders usually comes out around christmas time which is not obviously the most soothing show but i have seen it all already um do mm-hmm. like do your little thing, like, keep on top of the little things that you keep in your, like, mental health toolkit, I kind of call it, which, again, is that's quite buzzwordy. Um, but now that I've got some things in my toolkit, I can appreciate that that probably is the best word for it. But all the things that you do to keep you going throughout the year, so whether you meditate or you exercise or, I don't know, you do yoga or, like, wh- whatever your things are, whether it's watching re-watching One Tree Hill or saying a prayer like whatever little things that you do that help calm you or soothe you like don't let those fall by the wayside as as this time of year gets really busy which i know i know that's easier said than dad like my like diary at the moment is uh, like we there's works christmas do's and there's your kids show and there's the like it's just a really it is a busy time of year so it's and those are usually the first things you drop aren't they like your once a week bubble bath date with yourself, that's the immediately the thing that gets dropped in it because you just think, I'll just make sure my armpits are clean and that'll do it. Like, because you do, don't you? Like, you know, the things that you sort of are probably consider luxuries or quite indulgent, but actually they're not. Like, they're essential to keep you going and functioning as a person and not, you know, heading towards mental breakdown. So don't let those things slip at this time of year, especially. If anything, up them.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. The self care. Yeah. So can do you, are you comfortable sharing what are some of the things that help you, like that are in your yeah. toolkit? Um,
1: and I add I add new things as I go. Like I might and some things pr- don't necessarily work all the time, depending on whether I'm starting at like a at what out of ten scale anxiety I'm starting on <laughs> when I go into it. Um and then I add things, they work for a little bit and then they don't. So the rewatching the shows in the evenings if i'm watching telly i don't watch like anything new ever it's always a rewatch in the evening because i can't cope with it um <laughs> okay. i do i watch um there's certain instagram accounts that i really like and i guess that it's like it's i think it's an asmr thing more than it is this is going to sound a bit woo-woo right but there's people that do reiki and stuff like but in like instagram reels now i, I don't, don't know, know th- what i don't know anything reiki. reiki is
0: what it's is like, that
1: it's like a healing technique i don't i don't know enough about it so, like i don't know anything about <laughs> okay. it so i don't know i don't know if reiki healing works in the same way that i don't know if there's a god in the sky but again i think it's something about the way that people talk i could almost meditate to it and okay. I find it really hard to, like, clear your mind. I can't do that. So my meditation technique now is to listen to sounds because I had a therapist once and I said, like, I cannot notice, like, the phone next door rings. Like I can hear it. Like, I can't switch off enough from that. And they were like, just make that your thing. Like, instead of noticing your breathing, like, notice the sounds around you and that's the same thing. Mm. So that's one of my things that I do. But that's usually, that's, f- that's one of my first things that I drop.
0: Oh, as well, so yeah, so you got to make sure you keep that going, then
1: yeah, so that's one of my things. My crochet is obviously one of my things that keeps me going, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like that. So, those are my key, those are my like core things, and mm. a diaphragmatic really breathing,
0: Mhm. yeah, that's what I'm pro- so that's what that's
1: what I'm on the edge. If I start doing that, that's like, oh my god, the panic is rising. But it works for me. Yeah.
0: Well, as the husband of a yoga teacher, I definitely uh I hear a lot about breathing and its importance. <laughs> but, but uh I, I I heard this uh quote recently and not recently actually, I actually heard it a while ago, like maybe like a year ago, and then I heard it again. <laughs> this is all through YouTube shorts, you know. This is the right. one in the morning YouTube short like right. black hole that I get sucked into. And, um, it was from Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> so yeah. just, you know, there you go. But it really resonated with me. And then I spent the last few days with it, like in the back of my mind and kind of like working it through. And I think it's really important and I think it could be helpful to people. Uh, and so it was as simple as, uh, he was being asked by Larry King, do you have any regrets? And he said, no. I'm acceptable for who I am not who I think I should be is as simple as that no just to break it down or the way that I've broken it down is that uh who I think just for myself personally who I think I should be is perfect That's crazy. Obviously, I'm nowhere nowhere near perfect. Nobody is. But in my mind, my mind will tell me that I should be perfect. I should do all of my work perfectly. I should treat everyone perfectly. I should be the perfect husband, a perfect dad, the perfect, you know, know, whatever at work, perfect friend, perfect this, perfect that. And then I look in the past and I say, I should have been the perfect child, the perfect teenager. I should have never done this, never done that. I should have done more of this, more of that. I should have been perfect. And it's not until I really think or say that out loud that I realize well, that's, that's just a lie. It's not possible. You know, I am a human that has done good things, have done bad things. Um, but what I always work to do is to balance the bad, you know, and amend for it or apologize or do whatever it is to feel like there's a balance to it and move on like that is self-forgiveness right um and so it's trying to i trying to remind myself that when i get stuck in loops or when i'm feeling bad or when i'm feeling good or when i'm feeling whatever is that i just i'm acceptable for who i am not who i think i should be because who i am is just who i am i'm human and we live and we learn yeah it's so simple um do, what do you think am i overthinking it no, you're not. maybe no. it was just a throwaway thing that he said
1: no um like acceptance of who i am has been a big part of like i say my recovery but i don't know like if you live with chronic anxiety that you get you're recovered like so i don't know if that's quite the right word for it but I've, like a turning point kind of happened when I kind of accepted myself. And I don't mean like accept the fact that my my life's like this and I'm stuck like this and things can't change. But just got to a point where like this is kind of part of my makeup and who I am. And actually I don't necessarily need to try and change lots of things about the life I want to live. So you know, if I if I do need to keep my world a little bit smaller and I do need to really not have too many activities going on in a week because that that's too much for me or if I do need to and instead of feeling like but other people are out doing this or why couldn't I go away and have that high-flying career why couldn't I like I, I don't know if I'm wording this right but like not not accepting oh this is my lot in life but actually accepting that this is my world and actually it's kind of great how it is and it's fine yeah. if I don't fit into the mould of what perhaps I thought I could have been, or what other people would have expected me to be able to achieve, or, um, and that kind of shifted things for me then. So while there were still ch- like changes I wanted to make, because I mean I've had times when I was like agrophobic, like so I'd say, you need to make a change then. Like that's not you're not living a life. Um, you know, and they're, we're always, like, evolving and working on ourselves, aren't we? Because no one stays the same. That's not the point. Like, you don't... You are constantly, like, Pokemoning your way through life. um. <laughs> so you don't... um, But just, ha- like, having some acceptance of, kind of, this is part of my makeup. Like, this is... Kind of, mm. my brain is wired like this, and that's okay. And I can create the world around me that works well with that. And I can still do things... They just might not look like the life a lot of other people are living.
0: Right. Yeah, completely. And I think because in most people I you know, I can't speak for everyone, but in most people's minds, they have their own inner monologue telling them that Susan it does everything that you do, but she does it twice as fast and twice as good. Mm-hmm. Bradley has way more than you and he doesn't deserve any of that you Such deserve you, Brad. what bradley has <laughs> right and <laughs> you know this person does this and this person does that and oh this person betrayed me how dare they or whatever it may be and actually uh so there's there's this um i won't use all of the language but there's there's this uh Really good way of thinking of it that that I'd heard. That's basically saying about how everybody has um, unconscious behavior, basically things that they don't, they're not even aware that they're doing, and it's because it's been conditioned within them from childhood or from their experiences, uh, how they were treated, whatever it might be, and they're acting out of ego. And when we say ego, a lot of people think, oh. Like ego just means egotistical like somebody drives a drives a Mercedes and is a dickhead, right? But when well actually everybody has ego because ego is just a uh, mind-made conceptual identity. It's just who you v- envision yourself to be within your own mind, whether that's good or bad or, or whatever. And actually people are just working through their own unconscious shit that they don't really, understand and then hopefully at some point they do understand and they think oh I'm actually jealous of Bradley because of my own stuff you know my dad told me I wasn't good enough not my dad my dad was lovely and is lovely but I'm giving hypothetical examples said you know I uh, wasn't I, I was never good enough at this and so it created this like basically like a pain body that's within you that is that then manifests itself in different ways. And I think there's this huge part of the self-acceptance, to bring it back to that, is to just accept yourself and accept that you aren't just acceptable as a human being without having to do anything different you know you don't have to be anything different you don't have to be better than Bradley you don't have to keep up with Susan you can just be you and that is more than acceptable and that's all you need to be and just let that pressure just fade off
1: yeah we're really hard on ourselves aren't we like I have always like internalise things not like I, not that I sit there like bitter looking at other people's lives but you, I'd spend a lot of time being like well, why can't I do that or why could I not get my shit together enough that I can live that life or have this career or study this or have a huge family? You know, like you know, especially in times when like my mental illness was at a point where I like I had to give up my job and stuff, like I found that really hard. Like I can't even fucking work. Like um internalised a lot of it. But then I kind of worked with a therapist who did some like like compassion talking to your compassionate self like and you kind of picture like a younger version of you Mm -hmm. and how you would speak to them like Mm -hmm. because that's always how you should be speaking to yourself and so Mm -hmm. sometimes if i have like you know we all have a little cry or like sort of thing oh i fucked something up or you know and you start looking at your thing your all your flaws and why it went wrong of course it was something you did and you know um and i sort of think cool i wouldn't be like if i was talking to sort of 10 year old tessa that was just sort of starting out and trying to you know sort of figure things out like i wouldn't speak to her like this Uh or sometimes i speak to myself how i wish someone had spoken to me then Uh um and that helps too and that that's that's a really helpful way to stop speaking to yourself like shit because we all do that at times
0: yeah, that's a really good point. There's um, so when you are saying about your like toolbox or your toolkit, so I have some um, little like uh liked playlist on YouTube of little like videos of um, like whether it be uh, I don't know, like you know, like spiritual teachers talking about some of these things about unconscious behaviors or whatever it may be to anthony hopkins giving a random quote and there's a really good one of uh wentworth miller who is the main guy from prison break who is uh you never watched prison break did you no you?
1: i can picture him in my mind
0: he is such a wonderful wonderful human being i think people like he's he's super intelligent is actually a uh he did a talk at the oxford union i don't know if you've ever seen any of those where it's uh Like, it's really good, but he basically says exactly what you said that he does, and he suffers from uh, mental illness as well. And he was saying that he does the work, he's trying to do the work of being his own best friend and talking to himself how he would to his own best friends rather than criticizing. And I think that's so powerful. I I actually have been doing that myself recently of picturing myself when I was younger. And I actually have um, from when uh, Dom and I went to Hamley's in London. This was like with his mum around Christmas time when it was in 96. So we were nine and that his mum had got me like a mug and I still have it, it has my toothbrush in it, you know, to this day and the mug is uh, it had a picture of me, Like like in the shop they must have you know, you sit down, you take the picture, they put you on the mug and when I look at the picture it's me when I'm nine it's just like a pure face of innocence, right, and when I see it, I can remember you know, from my memory, that nine-year-old simon and it's just like it's before it's like a few years before where things you know got a bit harder for me in secondary yeah. school and whatever whatever and i just think there's so much that unknowingly i do for him now like this whole podcast is for him yeah. uh you know like every all of the stuff It's i don't have that room anymore uh you know cuz mo- I moved house but all of the stuff that was behind me was all for him and i don't yeah. think i really connected the dots until recently that <laughs> i kind of lived my whole hobby life for 9 year old simon
1: it's it's a thing isn't it like you get to, like when when you get in your 30s and maybe 40s nostalgia suddenly means a great deal to you so is it only in the last, like, few years that I've randomly bought Polly Pockets
0: on Vintage? <laughs> like, for more yeah. than
1: they cost when they were new. Or mm-hmm. I've been desperate. Like, I found some of my old Barbies. Like, I've got my Peter Andre doll. Or, like, you know, like, just... Ra- I've got an inflatable Mr Blobby. Like, just all the... Like, the stickers all over my wall of just random shit. Like, you just suddenly start to... I don't know. I've, but I feel like it's it's a bit of a phenomenon i guess it's probably always happened but now we've got social media like you can see that other people the millennials are all doing the same thing Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think it is a part of you've kind of got to a place where you've accepted yourself a little bit you've got no fucks left to give about what other people (laughs) think of you necessarily of you because you've kind of Mm -hmm. you've sort of got to a point where you have created your how you want your world to be around yourself not that you've you know, there's still probably things you want to achieve or places you want to see and whatnot, but you probably feel a little bit more settled and you're just a bit like, I guess the rest of your life is kind of bills and like work and like, so you just think, (laughs) do you know what? If I want like an inflatable blobby, if I want the friend's poly pocket, I'm going to have it.
0: Hell yeah, definitely. I mean, Um, I live and die on that sword. (laughs) Yeah, but it
1: is is very helix. It is very healing because it either takes you back to a place where perhaps you had happy memories of your childhood and it takes you back there, or like you say, you think back to the Simon that was probably almost at the turning point of making some choices that you know, if you ha- you would probably do over some things. Um, I know um. Say you say you know, you've accepted they're part of your journey and they've all led to where you are now, but um like I always picture me sort of age nine or 10 and I always picture the bedroom that I'm in. And it was before some not very nice events happened in my life because that's the test of the, you're almost still pure. on mm. you? You always haven't mm-hmm. seen any, like too much darkness. Um, and so when you buy like the Barbies or whatever, and when you've got kids, it's great because you buy them for your child. Mm-hmm. For you, it's all for quite
0: you. Quote on quote. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know you're kind of you're you're getting that stuff for that kid that's still inside you that you feel like you want to honor and protect and nurture a little bit
0: yeah absolutely i i actually um i i saw this thing earlier back into the youtube shorts but i actually looked this one out i was actually good i was I was having this thought earlier about nature versus nurture, like how much of your personality and who you are or who you are as a person comes from were you just, were you born this way? Were you born certain ways or was it just nurtured from your environment and the people around you? And I was doing some research. This is while I was like walking Luna and I saw this like, this forty second video, and just broke it down. And I was like, oh yeah, this okay. It makes so much sense. And it, it, it was from scientists. They said they were scientists. It was YouTube. Who knows? But <laughs> some quack. <laughs> yeah, said that when a when a human is born, because it's different compared to you know other animals, and their brain or our brains are forty percent of the size that they will you know continue and develop to become and that unlike other animals we continue to get that other like 60% outside of the womb so it's you your childhood is literally uh fat, like becoming the foundation of your brain and who you are um so when it's thinking of it from that perspective it's like okay so you as a child that is you it's fundamental you're it's like wired into you that that is who you are and then I what I found or I think for myself anyway is that so I my struggles is when I went to secondary school I went to a school where all my friends went to one school and I ended up being on my own going to another school and I was quite shy introverted and it was I just had a bit of a rough time of being kind of in the shadows is the way I look at it um Which, you know, it's fine, like, you know, these things happen, but it was just a bit of a rough period. But then, because of that, it creates, like, insecurity, uh, you know, not feeling good enough, this, that, and the other. Which then, as I was, like, getting into my, then when I get older into my teenage years, then start acting out a little bit. And it's, like, aggression and other things that have come out. When I say aggression, (laughs) I mean, even then, the least aggressive person ever. But I just mean, like rebellious is probably a better a better term like i was never in fights or anything um but it but what i was saying earlier is it's like all that unconscious stuff that you're not really aware of why you're acting certain ways and whatever but all of that is gone on top of the inner child that's underneath you know mm-hmm. he's still there it's just yeah. all this other stuff has gone on top and then i think like you were saying that then as you get older Um, you know past your 20s into your 30s really um, that you then start to understand you can look back and see oh I was acting that way because of that or this thing happened and so that's why I did this and you can kind of understand understand and you can kind of hopefully strip those layers off to get back to that inner child underneath and kind of give him a little leg up and say hey my friend come back up to the forefront and then i think you're trying to then balance like the having the spirit of your inner child but aligned with the adult with an adult brain because you still need to be an adult you can't completely (laughs) revert back to being 10 (laughs) you still have to have a job and function in society and raise your own kids or do whatever you need to do so but i think if you can create a harmony between the two then it's like you're living true to yourself because that inner child is still hardwired into your brain you know so it's like it feels so if i put the mighty ducks on now it still triggers something in me that like how when i was like 10 wanting to play ice hockey in well in garden City, you know but the <laughs> Yeah, that's how I see it anyway. And so I think if you can do things to nourish your inner child, even the word inner child is such a buzzword, isn't it? But if you can nourish the inner you, let's say, then um, and especially around Christmas, then do it. Like as long as you're not like, you know, getting a second mortgage and putting your house at risk to buy like, I don't know, the flag off the Goonies ship or something, then just go for it
1: yeah it goes back to what you're saying before doesn't it about making like making christmas day or just the festive period like how you would like it like taking into account you know if you live with other people and whatnot but that you don't you know if you really looked inward how would the perfect christmas day look for you and even if you can't make the whole day that carve out some time for that to happen so you said about when I said mention watching box sets and stuff all day. Like if that if that truly is your perfect Christmas, if you think Do you know what, I'd have to just smash through like Home Alone one and two completely, like with no interruptions. Like with the agreement of your family, be like, can I just have, <laughs> can I just have like four hours, to just lay down and watch Home Alone by myself, even if it means you know you've got to get up early or stay up a bit late or whatever, like fit it in
0: yeah fit it in I yeah for sure Mm -hmm. yeah exactly uh dog walking is a really good one for me but you don't have to have a dog to walk you can just walk listen to podcasts listen to nothing just uh looking up is a really important is a really important one for me as well of just taking time if you're ever feeling a bit overwhelmed is to go outside and just look up like you would whatever is up there is amazing <laughs> even if it's just a gray sky it's just oh wow think about there's the that's the sky that's like says so there's, there's planets behind that or beyond that and looking at the tops of trees really helped me as well because it just makes me feel so insignificant in a beautiful way and it kind of just reminds me that We're just here, like, in in the world, in the universe, and actually, I am no better or no more divine, you could say, than a tree, than a squirrel, than an ant. Like, they're all just, uh, like, manifestations of life, and... That's like a beautiful thing, not in like a. Oh no, it's not worth living. Just in like a. (laughs) Oh,
1: I slid slid the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I'm no better than a tree. Fuck it. But it's like no, it's like the. I we're all. We're just here, so just enjoy it. Like nothing's promised. You don't know how long we've got. So it's just. Yeah, and and the the thing about this to wrap this little this inner child thing off as well. Is when someone really pisses you off at Christmas, because, I mean, I've had that as well, for sure. It's like, you know, families, friends, whatever, is try and look at the person and to try not to see them. Try and see their inner person and just remember that they were 10 once, they were 5 once, you know, they have that within them. And probably, if they're acting like a dick, something has happened along the way. It's not really their fault. It's not really anybody's fault. Like, as in, everybody comes into the world unconditioned, and then they become conditioned. That's not to say, therefore, it's no one's fault and everyone can get off scot-free. Like, there's consequences for your actions. Um, But I'm just saying that try to remember the humanity within people um, and... More than likely, they're just dealing with their own shit. It's probably nothing to do with you. It's to do with them and something that happened to them many, many years ago. And hopefully one day... You know, I used to never get the expression when people would say, Oh, you know, this person betrayed me. Oh, best pray for them. I mean, I'm not like a religious person um, in that way also, but I just mean... I never really got that sentiment, and I kind of I feel like I kind of get it now because you're kind of saying, "Oh, well, I hope that one day they don't feel this way," because actually, it's a internal issue, reflecting outwards rather than it being their issue with you.
1: Yeah, I think once you've got better at compassion and grace for yourself, it is easier to give compassion and grace to other people. So it doesn't um. Excuse the shitty behaviour. Like, if it's something really terrible, mm. call it out. But but always be aware that, you know, they have also had a life that have led them to that point. I mean, I've got family that, like... I, I don't fucking speak to them because... like <laughs> But I can still look back and sort of see how f- things have ended up the way they have. And that, you know, we all have choices to make and they're not necessarily... They may be right for you, but not necessarily for the people around you. Um, And we all have traumatic experiences and they all, you know, culminate in how you end up or why you've made decisions that you have. So while sometimes you can just move away from people and not spend any time with them, if you want to let go of bitterness and resentment and anger, um, a good way to look at that is... you know what I'm trying to be really compassionate with myself I'm trying to look back at how perhaps things turned out the way they did and be kind to myself because there were lots of things I didn't have control over I was doing the best I could at the time as Uh. was this other person perhaps so but yeah and that's this isn't that like the stuff we're talking about like the inner child stuff that's not an overnight like you're not gonna listen to this podcast and by Christmas Day like boom you've got it nailed um (laughs) and I obviously worked through some of this stuff with a therapist. Like I think that c- can really help to like be having conversations with people that could kind of guide you through it in a healthy way. So you're not just reliving childhood trauma by yourself, like in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I know mm. that therapy is not um, accessible to all. Unfortunately, I've had many a long old wait. Um, but if you can, work through it with someone else but if you can't you can still from today choose to speak to yourself with kindness picture the child like you said you've got the mug you see it you're there, brushing your teeth twice a day you're looking at him like find a pic of you as a kid that you look at and just think i remember that day or look at that little face like i was so cute like look at this like (laughs) it's impossible to look at a picture of yourself as a kid and go you're a fucking swat you, look in the mi- you can look in the mirror and do that yourself can't you now as an adult mm-hmm. there's no way you could look at a picture of yourself at four or five or whatever and speak to that person you're the same person that's still you so i think just mm. have to start just by having the picture and thinking if would i be talking to that kid in this way that because mm. that child doesn't deserve it so i sure as hell don't as an adult after being through loads more shit in the meantime
0: yeah, exactly. You can start, uh, that, yeah.
1: You know, you can start doing that stuff straight away without a therapist, and pro- probably feel almost immediate benefit from that.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's really great advice. I I actually um had that like a uh, uh, maybe a year or two ago where I'd been so critical to um like teenage late teenage like Simon version of me and. Uh, Effany, my wife was just like, you need to leave, you need to leave him alone. Like she was kind of saying it as in like, as if it's a separate person. Cause she was like, cause I liked him like, and then uh, you know, like I, and I kind of envisioned it and I, and I kind of, it was, it was kind of a surreal moment. Well, I kind of envisioned myself just like battered like sort of like sat on a chair like as if in like an interrogation room and just battered because that is what i had been doing in my head not like envisioning me like hitting myself but envisioning just over and over again like how could you why um you're the you know you're the worst like just all this negative internal commentary and it's actually would i spoke speak to a 19 year old like that like if i think about it now it's like it's like a Child, you know, yeah. is, what does an uh, with all due respect, Marine, if you're listening to this? But what does <laughs> what does a teenager know? Like, I mean, now they seem to know so much because I think the world is different already they in that don't. short they're space just, of time.
1: They, they're just watching the YouTube shorts that you watch a repeated of cyber and Cyburn. That's not the. Same.
0: <laughs> they haven't worked through at what Anthony Hopkins actually means. They haven't spent time with the sentences yeah it's like what it's just what did you know like what did you know and like you said a second ago we do the best that we can with the information we have at that moment in time and if we look back on something and negatively it's only because now we know better or now we know more you know and so yeah if we could go back now we would do something different sure but if you took 19 year old simon you know whatever 15 year old tessa whatever and put them back in the same situation with the same amount of knowledge that they had they had just done the same thing over and over again because that's all they knew they they yeah. didn't have it like I, we can only say it now because we have a heightened perspective or you know more experience to be able to make different decisions but it's like you can't be that version of you that version of me the version of whoever is listening right now, you did your best at that time. You know, just fig- you have to forgive that version of you and let it go.
1: Even if that was the version of you last week. like You still mm. know more now than you did, you know. like I think maybe if you've got a, a, a bit of an anxious brain, you're perhaps much more reflective than your average person. But actually, it's good practice as a human being to look at a situation think how could I have perhaps handled that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything negative either, you just reflect on the day, de- you know, the day, or the meeting last week, or perhaps there wasn't, and you think, how would I have done, how could I have improved that, or how could I have done that slightly differently for a different outcome, um, and that's that's quite normal, don't but, you know, when you start to spiral off into, like, loathing yourself for the choices you made last week, or it's all that you're thinking about to the point you're, like, having imaginary conversations in your mind of it going a different direction, like, then you need to think, right, now I, I need to speak to myself compassionately. Because, mm-hmm. actually, I did the best that I did at the time. I didn't, you know, the gift the hindsight is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Like, hindsight's 20-20, but... We're always, day to day, doing the best that we can. And some days we're waking up in the morning and our OCD is being a motherfucker. And so we're never we're not going to handle things that day how we would ideally like to handle them, perhaps. Or my anxiety is terrible and I'm snappy with people because I haven't got any fucking patience for any of you. I'm just trying <laughs> to survive. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's always... We're always doing the best we can, but we always need to... You know, while we consider, okay, perhaps I, you know, I would have liked things to have gone differently. Perhaps next time I'll try this. Like, don't beat yourself up about stuff, because picture a little five-year-old you, because you're still in there somewhere.
0: Exactly. And actually,
1: you'd, you'd just give them a hug, wouldn't you? Be like, do you know what? We'll try again. We'll try again.
0: Yeah. And even, and you just give them a hug and say, you're doing, you're doing your best, you know, yeah that that really that really is it yeah yeah i think well i think hopefully i think we we went a bit all over the place but i think that we was do. it was gonna go that way was yeah it? but hopefully this is helpful to someone to anybody uh and you know absolutely no expert but uh and i only speak for myself because i don't want it don't want it <laughs> inundate inundate you tessa but you know if anybody ever wants to talk about anything then you can more than welcome to message me uh, and i will always listen um the only time I sometimes, like in, on Instagram now, they go into a request folder, like if we don't follow you. So if I'm late to it, it's only because it's in the request folder. I've always will reply to messages. Um, but yeah, like sometimes it's helpful to just express yourself and just be heard. And I definitely always do that for anybody. Um, yeah, and just be please be kind to yourself and hopefully have, have a great Christmas season. Or even if you don't, it's acceptable.
1: Yeah. And it's all right. There'll be a new day. I always, you know, if people have a really shit day, um, I had to say to my kid, she was like, Mum, she was struggling. She was like, Mum, I'm really not having a good day. And I was like, do you know what, love? There'll be a new one tomorrow. And with it comes hope that today is a slightly better day. So... Think that about Christmas day It's just another day If Christmas day Don't go to plan There's just another day The next day And it doesn't have to be Boxing day It could just be The 26th of December Um, You know yeah. Especially if you're not If you're not celebrating Jesus' birth Like it's just the 25th of December In it But with <laughs> Maybe some slightly just, better telly
0: Yeah you've been conned By capitalism really it's So it's Absolutely been
1: conned Yeah So if you're going to be Angry with anyone Be angry with I don't know Argos <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> are yeah. Are they the exactly. big hit? Oh, at
1: Christmas still? Probably not. <laughs> they, make, <laughs> they must
0: make. They clean up at Christmas. Oh, Argos must have been hit so hard by Amazon. Oh, so, so hard. hard. But they're another... in Sainsbury's now, Argos.
1: They are. I've used them. That's so, where I got my suitcases.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you ever need a HDMI cable, you know, that's Last slightly minute. different. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um,. Can we pop... I guess when you put these out, you have a little show notes underneath. Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. We can yep. put little, like, the Samaritans or Tech mm-hmm. Shout and all that kind of stuff. They have... Uh, you know the comedian Sarah Millican? Mm-hmm. She does a thing on Twitter every Christmas Day. And if you use the hashtag join in, it's just her and a load of other people chatting on Christmas Day if they feel a bit lonely. I've used that before. I try to drop it if I can just to, like maybe reply to people that haven't got replies to their tweets and stuff. But it's mostly just people talking about their pets, like what they're eating, <laughs> what they're watching on the telly. They'll, it's like a live watch along of EastEnders Christmas special. Like that sort of... So if you just need a bit of company, you know, that's available. Social media's like helped me through some lonely stuff. I'm sure yeah, a lot of people when... are listening to this. Like if you're part of the Ravens community, like just pop a little message on Discord Christmas Day if you're, you know, there's always people about, but, you know, obviously access, if you're at crisis point, please do use helplines.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, asking for help is a really brave thing to do, so it's, you know, it's a courageous thing, and it's something that, um, you know, like, both Tessa and I have done, like, we have both had been in therapy, and... It just talking about it with somebody that isn't involved in your life is so cathartic yeah. um because they're not judging you and I think everyone has that fear of being judged like oh I'm am I the only person in the world that feels like this or you know as someone with OCD that has intrusive thoughts about throwing people in front of buses and things I'm mm. telling you it's it's, it's yeah. okay they will uh,
1: they will always have heard wilder story like stuff that you can ever come up with you know the professionals that do this all the time like they're used to all colors of the rainbow happening so don't you know like if you ring samaritans for example that's just anonymous shit you have to give your real name on the on the phone but you could just say i don't want to tell you my name fine let me just blur out for half an hour and just know Mm -hmm. that there's someone listening um i know that asking for help is a big step but you you also always wish that you had sooner once you do always Mm. there's never like oh i rang at the perfect time you always think to yourself fuck me why didn't i do this a few weeks ago when i noticed things start to slip like why you know perhaps it might have been easier to pick myself up from but yeah please do absolutely because they're there they are angels i've like spoke to some brilliant
0: Anonymous people, uh, yeah, exactly. So we'll put I'll put all that stuff will be below um, wherever you're listening. And yeah, just please be kind to yourself. And uh, yeah, I I hope this has been useful. I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been it's been deep as always, which uh, which is. Which is always good because I think we have we have to go there, and I think hopefully, if there's if you if someone can relate to any one of these parts, anything that we've spoken about, then yeah, it would be more than more than worth it. But even if they don't, I've enjoyed it. It's been meaningful to me. So thank Same. you, Tessa. <laughs> yeah. Same. So there you go. We win. It was good for us. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone have a have a good uh, festive season and. Goodbye.